Surviving in Singleness, episode 81. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Today we have Miley Tucker with us. And Miley recently uh, had written a book in the last year about singleness. She's got some awesome stuff in it. We're going to talk about it a little bit, what inspired it, and uh, wh- where she is today. So, so Miley, how is it going down in Nashville, Tennessee? It's going great. The weather is actually like 60 degrees. I went on a walk Whoa. today. And right. yeah, I just enjoyed my life today. That was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Good to hear. We're uh, getting a little bit of cold here. Had had some snow this week, which made me very happy. I love my snow, and um, but yeah, when it's winter, let it be winter. That's that's my take. Yeah, Tennessee. You never know. You might get four seasons all in one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like uh, my family in Tennessee has been getting more snow over the past couple years than we have here in Pennsylvania, which is totally backwards. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting. So uh, now, and then Miley, you live in Nashville, Tennessee. What kind of work do you do? Yeah, so I work in the music business, um, went to school for music business, and I work right on Music Row in Nashville. So that's pretty fun. Not fun commute down there, but being Mm -hmm. in the music business is really cool. That's my main job, and then, like, on the side, I typically uh, lead worship at church, so I kind of take my music knowledge and uh, use that to glorify God in church. I really have a heart for serving, and then I also do TikTok videos and promote, mm-hmm. you know, my book on TikTok and um, really try to strive to really just encourage single people on the side. That's, that's just a passion of mine as well, so. Awesome. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about your book. Like, what was the main inspiration behind writing your book? Yeah, so I had literally, I think I started writing my book when I was 25, 26. I can't remember yeah. the exact age. But and was it called I, again? It's called Is Being Single a Gift? Ooh, it's um, a tough one to, to unwrap. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but I called it that for a very particular reason because mm. a lot of people in that season don't view it as a gift, me included. And so mm-hmm. I was really hoping that, like, by calling it as being single a gift, it would really intrigue people being like, no, it's not a gift. Yeah. So, like, finally, someone who understands me, right? And I'm going to pick mm-hmm. this book up. But um, I do answer that question on the very last page of the book, if I consider it a gift or not. But the reason I wrote my book was because, one, I was really struggling in being single. I think I was in, like, three weddings in one year, mm-hmm. <laughs> one being my, like, younger brother. Yeah. So that was kind of like hard to uh, watch uh, my younger brother get married before me. I had never had a boyfriend ever in my entire life. And so being 25, 26, that was kind of hard. I was, you know, started to go through like the self-doubt, self-insecurity route of not really understanding like why this was happening to me. I thought mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of the things that I should be doing and it just wasn't really happening. So I was struggling in a lot of aspects like that. Um And honestly, I was reading a ton of resources, listening to a ton of podcasts, and it kind of just frustrated me because a lot of the books were written by people that weren't currently in a season of singleness, Mm -hmm. didn't really understand what it was like to 
really walked through a long period of singleness. Yeah. And they're written by nothing against if they're written by men, but a lot of them were, were written by like pastors or men. And I didn't see like anything that was truly written by like women that were talking to other Christian, you know, singles that were women. Um, not to say my book can't relate to men because it very much so can. Yeah. But I don't know. I just couldn't find a book that really talked about the hard truths of singleness. That was really my main thing and mm. about a lot of the bad advice that we were given. So I just wanted to dive into a lot of that yeah. and be that voice for the people that, you know, are going through that. So that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, singleness being considered a gift is like the last thing single people <laughs> want to hear. Like they don't want to be told that. No. And, and it, and it hurts to hear it. I can understand why that is a painful thing to hear. Um, I, I do believe it's a truth. I think it's often discovered too late by many people what a gift it is. And, you know, I consider it the, the ugly wrapped gift under the Christmas tree that, you know, nobody, nobody picks, you know, everyone kind of kicks it around and picks the pretty looking gifts around it. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it doesn't look good. It's not wrapped very well, but then like, once you do, untie that bow and just you know unravel what's inside man there's there's some good stuff in there and 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 it's so hard to humble yourselves in order to be able to do that and it's uh and i know i wasn't able to humble myself like i i was literally humbled by god i'm I'm glad that i was humbled by god to be able to uh you know reveal the beauty of the gift of singleness before i did meet my spouse and yeah it's uh yeah, it's a it's a tough one, and you know, in your book, you talk a lot about a lot of the bad advice that people get in their singleness, and you know, what what do you consider to be bad advice that a lot of the people in the singleness receive? Yeah, um, I think I really talked about like eight. I'm sure there's so many more than just eight, but there's eight that really kind of like hit home to me personally. Mm-hmm. And I I want to preface this by saying that. I understand the heart by people. Sometimes they don't mean it in a, in a certain way, but I wanted to address it so people can understand what this perspective, like as a single person, how like this advice can come across mm-hmm. sometimes, even though that the person saying it doesn't necessarily mean it in a negative way. So I do want to preface that, that not everyone has bad intentions when they give this advice, but uh, yeah. it is nice to kind of know what, what this can come across. But one that I, <laughs> one that I really like hate to hear is, It'll happen when you least expect it. I don't know how mm-hmm. you feel about that one. But uh, for me, over the like last, you know, 25, six years of being single, I wasn't really expecting it ever. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, like, I find it hard to be hopeful in that area if I, if it hasn't happened in 20-something years, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, the comic kind of would make me feel terrible if I was mm-hmm. expecting it. In a way, yeah. like it'll happen when you least expect it. Okay, well, what if I am expecting to meet someone? Um, and it also kind of gives singles that like negative connotation in a way that you don't really have to do anything to meet someone. And a lot of times that's not really the case. Yeah. A lot of times we have to be getting out there and getting involved in community, like a lot of times church, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. surrounding ourselves with other people to meet somebody. And I don't know if that makes any sense or like what your thoughts are on that uh, particular advice, but. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of, of being out there and, you know, being actively involved in a church community. Uh, you know, community, I feel, is one of the one of the pillars of thriving and singleness and doing singleness well. And it's important, you know, because and it's a 
you know, it, it's kind of double-sided in the sense of, you know, it helps you to do your singleness well by having community, having people that you can spend time with and finding purpose within that community as well. Purpose being another one of them. But, uh, you know, on, on the flip side of that, you meet very like-minded people, you know, people, the same mm-hmm. values, people that are also single that are in your age group. And so, you know, there is opportunity there. And, you know, I, I think, you know, as much as I want to be encouraging people in their singleness and doing singleness well, I also want to be able to motivate people to, to be proactive, you know, and know when to be proactive. You know, there's a time to like take a step back and just like kind of lean on God and be like, God, like I'm, I'm needing to take a break on this. I'm, I'm thinking too hard on everything. I'm, I'm, I'm trying too hard and I'm not actually trusting you in it. Like, so there, there's times to take times to step back, but like you also need to take, you know, leaps of faith when it comes to meeting someone, get out of your comfort zone and, and take active steps in pursuing somebody and getting to know them. So I think that's, you know, equally important. Yeah. And I can just like name off some of the ones without diving into every single one. I don't know what you'd prefer. Um, oh, however, yeah. Like, okay. Any, any other bad advice that we can dig into and dissect? Okay, cool. Yeah. So another one that, um, I, <laughs> I, I struggled with was when people told me to put myself out there more. Um, okay. because I'm pretty involved in my community. Like I, I would go mm-hmm. to work. Uh, I did online dating even despite not really having much success on that. I still put myself out there for a couple of years and did that. Um, I'm really involved in serving in church. I hang out with my friends on the weekend. I've traveled to Europe a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am trying to learn new instruments. I would consider myself someone who is trying to put themselves out there in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so for someone to kind of like give me that advice of saying you need to put yourself out there more, I guess my question is like, what does putting myself out there more look like? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Although, would you think that is good advice for some, bad advice for others? 100%. I think it really yeah. depends on the person you're giving that advice to. Yeah. I have been given that advice personally, and it was kind of hard because I'm like, I don't know what mm-hmm. else I need to do in my life yeah. to be putting myself out there more. <laughs> How do but, I put myself yeah. out there harder? Like, But yeah, yeah, like obviously if someone is like wanting to meet a significant other and all they're doing is sitting on their couch watching Netflix, like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if they order pizza, they can meet the pizza delivery guy, but they're yeah, not really that's, putting that's themselves really... Yeah, yeah, like, do you even want to date him anyway? Like, a lot of girls is like, ah, oh, no, he's he's below my standards. Like, I'm not going to date him, you know? So yeah, which, yeah. I mean, that could lead straight into the other one: is you your standards must be too high, or you might, you know, mm-hmm. you you must be too picky. And again, this could be an advice dependent upon the person you're talking to. Um, yeah. Like, if your standards are they must have a six pack, or they have to have a black belt in karate, or you know those type of things, I would one hundred percent get that advice. Mm-hmm. People do need to have realistic standards, but I think that asking for someone of the opposite sex, someone who like makes me laugh, who loves the Lord, who has goals and dreams, and who like I'm physically attracted to, I don't really feel like that is too high of a standard to ask for. And mm-hmm. I think you know marriage is forever, and. I'm not willing to compromise my values for a spouse. And I truly believe that God is going to bless those who refuse to lower their standards. And God knows our desires. And when we keep our standards high, I think that truly shows like how much trust we have in God. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we need to, we need to maintain high standards and, 
there's there's certain areas where you have to be realistic about your standards. And so, you know, what are standards that are worth compromising on? What are not? You know, the six pack abs might be <laughs> worth compromising on. Maybe compromise in the sense of he he needs to be athletic or she needs to be athletic. You know, if you enjoy outdoors, if you enjoy sports, like, you know, that's going to be something you expect, you know, to find in somebody. But but even so, you might meet somebody that's like amazing, just not into sports and you're still highly compatible. So there's areas that you may want to consider compromising there. However, the Lord does not want us to compromise in our in our standards for, you know, what we want to find in a man of God and a woman of God and what we look for in a spouse. And uh, you know, coming back to those standards, part of that is is doing your singleness well, because if you're doing your singleness well, it makes it easier to hold true to those standards and not compromise on it. Because if you're not if you're not doing anything interesting in your singleness, if you're not maximizing this chapter of life, you know, there's there's gonna be a lot of people that come along that compromise your standards that seem like they would add to your life or make your life better when in actuality it's it's not the best that God has for you. And so, yeah, holding true to those standards is so important. But uh, keeping, uh, I feel like keeping a wise perspective on what standards you hold and why, and knowing which standards to just absolutely no compromise on. Yeah, and one thing that really helped me in that was I just started to ask myself, like, I guess, you know, why is it that I'm attracted to these particular traits? Why is it that I'm mm-hmm. attracted to these things? Um, what am I attracted to? And does this align with what God finds attractive? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not attractive to what God finds attractive, why? Because it seems like I yeah. have an inner inner thing in here that needs to be to be worked on if I'm not attracted to what God finds attractive. Yeah. So just like a, I don't know, like a little self check for people out there. Um <laughs> Maybe ask yourself that, you know, why are you not attracted to the things that God finds attractive if that's the case for you? And how do you get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I mean, for instance, if I was, uh, when I was dating and, uh, or or when I was single for that matter, and I, I held the standards of, well, she, she must be involved in youth ministry because I love youth ministry. She must absolutely love outdoor sports, you know, um, my wife really isn't totally into outdoor sports. My wife, she doesn't like teenagers, you know, so curveball <laughs> there, you know. So it's like if I if I held on to those standards, then I would have I would have passed up man, just a incredible life that I've been able to build with her. And so there there's uh, you know, areas of, of like, you know, she she loved the Lord. You know, her, her Bible had these, had so many worn out pages and the highlights all through them. Like it was evident, like that she poured over her Bible. And to me, that was important that she was a strong believer, that she trusted in God and, and that she held on to, you know, high standards as well and purity in saving ourselves from marriage and that that was an important value to her. And so, you know, those are things that, there was no compromising on and there shouldn't be compromising on. And I'm glad there was no compromising on because it's done so much for our marriage. And, uh, you know, however, you know, in the other areas of, you know, the expectations of, of meeting your spouse, 
then you have to recognize when it is okay to to compromise in those areas. And of course, you know, my wife, she doesn't, she doesn't hate the outdoors. She's just not always like uppity, like, Hey, let's go to, go to this hike, yeah. you know? And I mean, she, she snowboards, we enjoy snowboarding together and she does try climbing from time to time, but not, not what I ever expected in marriage. If, if you asked me 15 <laughs> years ago, but, but it's okay. I mean, cause it's, it's, it's wonderful. And so, um, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, open, open up a little bit in, in what you're expecting to find in a, in a spouse, but hold a firm line on on the very important things, the biblical values. Those are the things that you do not want to be compromising on. Yeah, and um, you should never feel bad for holding those standards. Yeah, um, you yeah. should never feel pressured because a culture has certain standards. You should never let culture pressure you to lower them. Or mm-hmm. you know, it, it's okay to have standards and yeah, to to wait for what God, you know, has, what, what God finds is best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And culture marriages aren't pretty. Like they're, they're just not, you know, I, I can't look at people who have followed the culture, followed the culture's advice. And I can't look at their marriage and wish at all that I have what they have. No, like what I have is so much more beautiful than that. Mm-hmm. And what God's view for marriage is so much better. And so following along his guidelines and, uh, you know, his instructions, the standards that he has designed, that's so much better. Like, you know, 10 years in, it's so good. It really is. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of others that are, you know, more generic advice, but then I have uh, some advice that is like really, it's not necessarily advice, but it's more like kind of the lies that the church in a way leads singles to believe. Yeah. Um, so I really would like to dive in on those as well. Okay. But just a couple of more that are just generic advice is, you know, like, how are you still single? Uh, there are plenty of fish in the sea. I mm. specifically don't like that one because <laughs> I know that it was said probably to someone that maybe just got out of a breakup, right? And yeah. Is trying, yeah, it's a standard. It's a standard, you know, like, it's okay. There's plenty of fish in the sea. But, you know, according to Google, there's, like, over 7 billion people that live on this planet. So my mind doesn't go to, like, oh, there's so many great people out there. My mind goes to... There's so many people out there and I have yet to find my person. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. go to like the positive spin of that, uh, when I'm in like the heart of singleness or like in, I don't know, the part of singleness. It's like I'm on the discouraged side of singleness. Yeah. And have you prayed about it? I've been told that before. Mm-hmm. That one was, I don't know, that one's hard for me as well just because. I'm a faithful believer in Christ. And so when someone is asking me if I've prayed about it, it's, it's almost like they kind of see my my faith is weak, and maybe that like yeah. I don't have what I desire because I don't trust God enough to answer my prayers. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one, but um, anyway, we can touch on but, seeing this as a gift in a second. Okay, yeah, no, but it's um no, that's true because it can easily make people feel like they're not leaning into God enough that they're not trusting Him, and and uh to to challenge somebody's faith in that way, I, I feel like can be very discouraging because yeah. it makes you feel like, well, what if, what if I'm not being faithful enough? What if I'm not trusting enough? And, you know, when, when you feel like you're doing everything. And so, you know, in those difficult times, God just wants us to lean into him. And it is, uh, yeah, it, it can be especially tough, you know, not finding a person and, going through a breakup and dealing with a singleness and 
you know, and, and you can, you know, be very faithful and then, you know, and of course, you know, well-meaning people are, are wanting to be encouraging and, and try and guide you in the right direction. But, uh, but yeah, um, but you can't let someone discourage you too much when, when they don't recognize the amount of faith that you're putting into the Lord. Yeah. And I think that it's important to know that like, there's many different roads that lead to marriage. And, yeah. and not all those roads end in marriage in your 20s. You know, mm-hmm. God's story for someone's life may look different than like that typical story that people are used to hearing or what culture is used to hearing. Um, yeah. But that does not diminish that the, the beauty and the gift from God. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean someone has lived life wrong, like you were saying. Uh, it just mm-hmm. means God has something else in store. So no matter how long the path to marriage is or whether you live a whole life of singleness, your story can be inspired by God. And I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then so, and then what are your thoughts on singleness being a gift? I'm really curious about that, wrapping back to your title of your book. Yeah. So I think, so when singles are told like singleness is a gift, I think, you know, like what you were saying earlier, it it doesn't always feel like a gift. It kind of feels Mm -hmm. like we're being cheerfully congratulated on this gift that we (laughs) didn't ask for. Yeah. Um, and one that we fear is going to be a lifelong gift, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, my Please, I'm issue... praying not for the gift of singleness, right? <laughs> yeah. My main issue with people telling me that singleness is a gift is like, one, this advice a lot of times comes from people who are currently married and they don't currently have said gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, the phrase affects kind of how singles view this season. Uh and sometimes, you know, when I was in a season of singleness, which again, I know that you hate, sometimes you talk about the word, uh, season of singleness, but, uh, chapter. <laughs> That's more so what, Josh, but yeah. yeah it, <laughs> when I was, uh, when, I don't know, I just felt guilty for not always viewing singleness as a gift. Yeah. I felt sometimes like being frustrated with God for giving me this gift. And I know the truths about God and that God is, loves his children and that he's supposed to give good gifts to us and good things to us but i don't always see singleness as a good thing and at times Mm -hmm. it kind of stinks if i'm being honest oh yeah and um i it led me to starting to like kind of doubt god's will for my life honestly i began to ask god why he would give me this gift because i never asked for it i never wanted it and i even asked the question like do i even want to be in god's will if it meant i was going to be single forever and that's kind Mm -hmm. of a tough question to ask you know yeah and so that was, I don't know, that's literally why I started writing my book is because I was in the process of having to go through all these questions and answers my own mm-hmm. self. This was kind of like me diving into all the truths and all the hard questions, I guess, that I was having to ask. And then I feel like a lot of other single people have to ask. But but a lot of people, too, also tell me, like, a lot of married people that always say you know, your singleness is a gift, but they also say, enjoy your time now before you get married because marriage is hard, right? Mm-hmm. And that's also frustrating because, you know, what about all the joys that come with marriage? As a married yeah. person now, I look back and, you know, I'm like, marriage is, I'm only six months in, so like obviously yeah. take this with a grain of salt, but <laughs> um, it's not as hard as people like, you know, make it out to be. Obviously mm-hmm. life is going to bring challenges and you're going to, not always agree and things like that but you know marriage is great as well and yeah. singleness was great for me as well too once i was mm-hmm. able to recognize the joys and and 
the fruitfulness that comes in singleness. I obviously went through a lot of disappointment and this um, unmet desires and frustrations before I was able to admit that it was a gift. Yeah. Um, but my, I finally got to a point that my, you know, I realized my current season of singleness doesn't dis, does not dismiss my desires for marriage. You know, me mm-hmm. being single does not mean God never wants me to be married. Um, yeah. And just because this is where God currently has me doesn't mean that this is where he is going to intend to keep me. Yeah. Um, so like we, we can be content in who God is, but I don't know, like that doesn't mean that we may be content in our singleness, right? Yeah. I don't know your thoughts on that, but for example, um, this might be a touchy topic, but what about someone who is going through infertility? Are you going yeah. to tell those people that they have a gift? That maybe mm. they're not called to be a mother or a father and that they should simply just dismiss their desires for wanting a child and to learn to enjoy the season in which God has them. You yeah, know, this person's struggling. A, they're not happy with, with where God currently has them and, but they know that God's good and that God, and they have hope and that he will work things out, you know, according to his will. And it's similar to like a single person who, who's mm. waiting for marriage and a life partner. You know, they're struggling to enjoy the season in which God has them. Um, and so being told like this season is a gift from God doesn't always feel great, regardless yeah. if that's the truth or not, because mm. it is the truth, like you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I can validate your point about, you know, marriage being a great, wonderful thing. You know, my, my podcast is not a platform to bash marriage, you know, trying to speak and save somebody the hassle of how terrible marriage is compared to singleness. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, marriage is great. I really, really hope to encourage people, uh, you know, where God has them and to, to still have that healthy desire for a healthy marriage. And, uh, you know, I say a lot in the podcast, you need to do singleness well, so you can date well, so you can marry well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I see the advice of people saying that, oh, marriage, you know, it's, it's just not as hyped up as, you know, what, you know, what they say it is, or, uh, you know, you need enjoy singleness while you have it, you know, you know, that type of, uh, of a perspective, you know, it's, uh, you know, and I think that kind of perspective comes from somebody who did not do their singleness well, and then they compromised on their standards, and then they dated somebody and got married to someone that simply did not meet the standards that God had established for them. They compromised through and through, and then and then they're married and they're stuck. You know, that's not as as exciting as following what God has for you and everything. And, you know, I would rather be single for life than be stuck in a unhealthy, non-God-honoring relationship. Like, it, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. And so, you know, people, you know, people are going to be oftentimes quick to compromise on their standards to get a hold of what they've idolized, and that is marriage. And if that's what you've idolized, you know, that's going to be easier to obtain, but that's going to be full of regret if you're, uh, if you're compromising on, on what, what God's true picture is for you. Yeah, 100%. And I'll be the first to admit that I 100% idolized marriage. Um, I had to Mm. come to that realization that that was something that I did. And I, in a way, felt that marriage equals success. Yeah. And I don't know if that is somewhat of the Southern culture that I grew up in, right? 
-hmm. lot of the people around me got married in their 20s, right out of college. They typically went to school and it was like they were going to school for their MRS degree. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. kind of the running joke for any, <laughs> anyone around here. But, um, and that wasn't necessarily my story. And so mm -hmm. I felt unsuccessful. And, and I also feel like sometimes the church culture unintentionally at times mm -hmm. probably pushes that on singles. And because if you think about it, like when is the last time like a church had a sermon on the role of a single person in church outside mm -hmm. of, you know, outside of your purpose in marriage, like at, or preparing for marriage, like as a role of a single person who may never get married, what is their role? Yeah. And I don't really realize, I don't, I don't remember a sermon about that ever. Maybe mm -hmm. you have heard one. Yeah, but, not that I can um, recall, no. But I think it's important that the church does encourage single people in that way. Yeah. You know, single people don't always recognize the joys of being single. And I think that they need people in their lives to encourage them, empower them, to show them that this is a season that they can really thrive and that, um, you know, mm -hmm. God has a lot of purpose for you in this season. Uh, you just have to allow God to use you and open Absolutely. yourself up to that possibility. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's like such an important one is, is finding ways to serve the Lord in your singleness. Like there, there's so much joy and so much purpose, purpose being, you know, one of the pillars of thriving singleness. Um, there's, there's so much purpose to be found in serving the Lord in your singleness. And there's so many adventures that you can go on with that. And, and it's so fulfilling to have that. And, and it's something that, you know, in singleness, it's it's something that should be heavily pursued. You, you you should be you know of course serving in any aspect in your life, but you know speaking as a married father of two, the time doesn't come by nearly as well. Like mm -hmm. my my wife went up to New York for the weekend because I'm going on a youth retreat with the youth group, and and like came home to an empty house, and I'm like I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> like this is, oh my goodness. There's like nothing going on. It was it was just totally different for me. I forgot what it what it's like to be bored. So, yeah, the 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 capacity of service changes, but it's good to recognize the purpose that can be found in your singleness and serving the Lord in that and what He wants from you in your singleness. And so, you know, and that's and that's part of of, of unwrapping that ugly gift. You know, uh, you know, finally determining okay, like. God has me in my, in my singleness. Like, how about I find a way to use it for his glory? Like, let me just find a way. And, yes. you know, God will open doors for you if you're, if you're praying for that. And, um, and so like what, and then what was the, like the primary inspiration for writing your book? And then I also want to hear before we dig into our next segment here, um, also want to hear how you ended up meeting your husband, which, you know, people always would like to hear like, okay, what's, what's your <laughs> success story in that? So, um, yeah, what are you? T tell us about what what inspired your book. Like, what was your breaking point, and uh, what brought you to write your book and meet your husband then thereafter? Yeah. So, um, like I said earlier, I just hit a point of just truly struggling. Um, that everyone around me was getting married. I felt like I was just never going to meet someone, and I honestly got to a point where I just prayed to God because, like, it was too much to bear some days. Like, singleness was too much of a cross to bear for me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I got to a point where I even prayed to God. I was like, look, if you do not have marriage in the cards for me, can you please take that desire away from me? Mm. Because I want, I don't want to desire it anymore. Um, I want to yeah. desire what is, what you want for me, what you find mm-hmm. is best for me. I want to be in your will. And so if marriage is not a part of your will for my life, I don't want it. I don't want to have to desire it. So I was like, either take it away or give me purpose mm-hmm. in this season because I will gladly be single if I had purpose. Yeah. And so I just literally broke down and prayed for that. And I am not kidding you. Like the next day, this is 2020. We're working from home. This is the COVID years. Yeah. Um, I'm used to being in the office five days a week. I'm on the couch in my pajamas working from home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it literally just hit me in the middle of the day. Like just you should write a book about singleness. And for any English teacher that has ever had me as a student, if they knew that I wrote a book, they would be very shocked because I am mm. not the poster child for for grammar, for writing a book, for anything of that sort. So this is very, very like out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, this is something that I felt very unqualified to do. And so um, it was a, a leap of faith to just step out. But I like. Before I made any big decision, I do what I do with any other decision in life is I reached out to a lot of my mentors mm-hmm. um, and I just asked them because like community was a huge thing for me already in my life. And so I reached out and just asked them what their thoughts were on me writing the book and they were super positive and encouraging for it. So I just kind of took that leap of faith and started with my frustration aspect of it. My second chapter is all the bad advice that I was given. So I kind of started the book on the, let me kind of vent about all my frustrations. But um, as the book kind of developed, it really has three parts and it's, it's about, I want to address all the hard truths and I want to talk about why singleness is hard and the stuff that like, I just felt like all the other books I read never really dove into in a deep aspect. But then I didn't want to leave the book on just why it's hard. I wanted to move into what it looks like to really trust God in a season of waiting. And and I end the book with talking a lot about what it looks like to just embrace your singleness and to really thrive in being single and how to, how to view singleness as a gift. So that's really yeah. the overall like summary of my book and why I wrote it. <laughs> awesome. That's really good. And, and, you know, writing it, you know, I'm sure gave you purpose as well in your singleness 100%. and like, and it, and that's so inspiring in singleness as well to, to find your purpose, be living it out and trusting God with it. And it's, it's so much more fun than, uh, than just dawdling in your singleness. It really is. Yeah, 100%. And I wrote my book as a complete single person, never have had a boyfriend in my entire life. And I released my book as a single person, never again, having Mm -hmm. a boyfriend. And as the day I released my book, never had a prospect in sight. Right. Um, so it's the most authentic, it's raw emotions from an actual single person. Um, but that kind of leads me into how I met my now husband, um, newly married as of August. So I'm like six months into this. Um, but the day after I released my book, he reached out to me because he heard of my book. And so asked me on a date over Instagram. So I guess he DM'd me first time he's Mm. ever done that ever, apparently. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> and um we went on a date. I it was like the best date I'd ever been on. I didn't have anything negative to say, which is very unusual. And <laughs> so we took yeah. really well and um I guess the rest is history. You know, we got married and it's been such a blessing. Like God really just went above and beyond in 
um, giving me someone that truly desires the Lord, spends time in the Word, uh, wants to have a God-centered relationship, prioritizes church, loves to travel. Like, I couldn't have asked for yeah. God to have blessed me with any anything better. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so I want to kind of transition into uh, what we do for our standard questions of every podcast. And I feel like we, we might have covered this a little bit already, but maybe put some uh, re-emphasis on, you know, what were some of the biggest struggles that you faced in your singleness and how did you overcome them? Mm, yeah, I would say for me, the aspect of being alone and mm. feeling like I was forever going to be alone was one of the hardest parts about singleness for me. But I realized at one point in life that being alone and feeling lonely are two very different things. Um, yeah. Because you're never going to be alone if, you, if you're if you a follower of Jesus Christ, because he's mm-hmm. always with you. The feelings of loneliness will come and go uh, in any season of life. Like you can also feel lonely in marriage. Mm-hmm. That's that's a true thing, and but I think that um, God lets you feel those those like some I don't know God can sometimes let you feel those uh, emotions of loneliness because I think He wants you to realize like He's the only one there that's going to be there for you to like truly comfort you and guide you and to like bring you that true fulfillment that you're really longing for. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where. I, I lean into it eventually. It took me a long road to get to that point because another thing that I struggle with, I still do in so many other aspects of life outside of singleness is really like wanting to have like, like grip in that hold of my future and like knowing what the future holds. Yeah. And um, that's hard for me because like you don't really know how long you're going to be single. Like you don't really have control over that to some degree. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard for me because I had control about other aspects of my life, it felt like. But with singleness, it just felt very out of my control. And the more that, you know, I would pray to God that, like, here, God, I'm relinquishing my control. Like, I want you to have it. But, you know, those are just, I don't think I ever fully, like, surrendered that over to him. I would say yeah. that so many times, but I don't think that I I ever fully did that until, like, I started hitting that low point and writing this book. That I fully yeah. just said, all right, God, this is, this is given over to you. Um, and so having that, that peace of just like, I trust you, God, you know, mm-hmm. like this is in your hands. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story where, <laughs> where they, um, which is one of my favorite stories where they're like thrown in the burning mm-hmm. fire and they, they said, I know my God is able, but even if he chooses not to. I still know that my God is good. And yeah. so uh, leaning into that truth and just trying to like really hold to that truth that I know my God could bring me a husband, but even if he chooses not to, I know that he's still good. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, what do you think thriving in singleness means to you? Man, there's so many things that I could say to this one because I think we already touched on a little bit of that, like, I think it does come with, from the first baseline, one, just fixing your eyes on Jesus and really getting plugged into a community. I think that's like, you know, your starting point to really start to thrive. And, you know, what we said earlier, serving others, taking Mm -hmm. the focus off of you and being others focused, 
um, is a good place to start because I mean, serving is a big aspect of marriage as well. So what better way to really prepare yourself for marriage yeah. is because you're going to have to be serving your spouse in marriage. And so yeah. I think that's a good way to start uh, working on your spiritual discipline, your prayer life. Mm-hmm. That, that's a great place to start. For me, it was pursuing my passions. I'm really passionate about music. And so I was really passionate about like, like I'm going to play guitar. I love travel. I, I, I was single and I went to Europe twice, paid for my own trip to Europe twice. Oh, cool. And so I love traveling and I was like, I'm not going to let the fact that I'm single and that I'm like on one income stop me from pursuing my passions. Yeah. And so I know that's not everyone's passion, but I think just really finding what you're passionate about and just leaning into that. I think that striving in singleness is really focusing on like the here and the now and not really getting so caught up in the, the what isn't and the what ifs in life and really focusing on the what is. Because yeah. a lot of times we start, I think we start to really worry about the future. And a lot of that stuff is the what ifs may not even happen. You're worrying about the things that probably will never be a reality in life. Mm-hmm. And so I think really focusing on your current season and just like not missing out on all the great things that are happening like right in front of you. All the community yeah. there, all your friends, all your family. Um, I don't know, like I just would hate for my life to pass me by. And me looking back and being like, man, I didn't really like enjoy this season like I should have. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just want to get into marriage and be like, man, look, look at all the things that I did before I met you. Look at all these like wonderful yeah. things that I, that I was able to accomplish in my singleness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's also the aspect of that where, you know, traveling and fulfilling your purpose and, and finding those passions, you know, that also, you know, it does make you more attractive. You know, like Josh and I, we did our episode of how thriving in singleness makes you more attractive. Like there's there's a natural chemistry to it as well. So it is important those, to do those things for for your self-development, for fulfillment, for, you know, seeking Christ. But there's also the, uh, the, the positive byproduct of it where you become a more attractive person to the people that are, you know, on the outside looking in. No, and I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and I think that just putting yourself out there in the aspect of, which I know I said that earlier about mm-hmm. not wanting to be given that advice, but giving, putting yourself out there and enjoying new opportunities, saying yeah. yes more frequently to things. Um, even the introverts out there say yes <laughs> to more things. I just think that from a practical standpoint, there's a lot of things you can do, like just learning to even manage your finances better. Um, that's mm. thriving as a single person, like finances can be like a stressful topic and a, a stressful yeah. thing for everyone. And so I think learning to just like do the practical things, um, like that, I guess is important. Um, another thing that I wanted to like really bring up is, you know, there's typical roles for men, women, and children, like in the Bible, um, and mm. like what those, um, like there's like I guess there's uh, traits and characteristics that they lay out for like these are what men should do this is what women should do and but there's also just character traits and um, responsibilities of just every Christian in life and we all should be striving to like you know reading God's word daily we should be praying we should just be kind to others serving others be mindful of the things that we say quick to forgive we should be striving to share our faith with others and 
and practice what we believe. Like all of these things are things that can be done in singleness. They don't have to just be strictly like roles for a husband, wife, a mother, you know. Yeah. Um, so just practicing those things now and like really becoming, I don't know how to say any of that, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Another thing that I really dove into in uh, my singleness was praying for wisdom and discernment. Yeah. I think those are something that are very important to navigate this world, especially the dating scene as a single mm. person, but just in life. We need to pray for wisdom and discernment. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Bible, wisdom is the only thing the Bible says that God will give you if you pray for it. Like 100% certain that God's going to give you wisdom if you pray for it. Mm. And so... Um, I don't know. That's just such an important thing to pray for. So that was another thing that I really focused a lot on was just constantly praying for God to give me wisdom and discernment when it came to navigating my dating life, when it came to navigating singleness. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So what is a, a favorite verse or a verse that has been on your heart lately? Oh, man. Um, I really like 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Mm -hmm. Um it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves received from God. Uh, for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Um, so, I mean, it's just like he is there to comfort us no matter what we face each day, whether that's sickness that's conflict with our family members, job loss, anxiety, a breakup, or even loneliness and singleness. And so God is in the business of redeeming stories so that we can in return comfort others. And that just blows my mind. Like even in the mi mm -hmm. middle of like a difficult season of life, God always has a purpose. And so yeah. like that's just one of the coolest verses to me that I always like really hold on to. Um, because I had to ask myself at one point in singleness, is being married my ultimate goal in life? Or is it to know God and to make his name known to this broken mm. world? Yeah. And that's my purpose right there. That's our. That's everyone's yep. purpose is to yeah. make God's name known. Yeah. That's solid. So how can we be praying for you? Oh, man. Ah, gosh. Man, you hit me with a question that I wasn't even prepared for. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you can just be praying that I am able to just continually to provide good advice to single people. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, you can pray that. I don't know. I find it hard to, I guess, be authentic and give single advice at this point in life. Now that I'm married, I struggle with that. Sometimes I feel like people aren't going to take my advice mm -hmm. uh, as authentic anymore. And I'm really trying to be authentic. And everything that I say, because like I totally walked those roads, and I went yeah. I had a lot of emotions that I went through, um, and so I really would love to just continue to encourage people in that. And sometimes it's hard; I don't always feel like making content and wanting to do that, but I'm I'm trying so hard to stick with it. And yeah. <laughs> um, I, like you said, you know, I don't always have as much time anymore to do all of that now that I'm married. I had so much more time to do that when I was single. And so mm -hmm. sometimes I look back on it and in a way I kind of grieve my singleness because I'm like, man, on the other side of it, I was so close to God. I was so close to spending yeah. time with him. And it's harder to make that a priority or to 
to fit that in the schedule now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, where can people find you on social media? I know we we did introduce you with your married name, Miley Tucker, but uh, I do know your your social media. You go by your maiden name. And uh, yeah, so how can people find you on social media and, and find your book? Yeah, so Instagram, my handle is MileyBankston.author. On TikTok, it is just MileyBankston. But then on Amazon, it's pretty much the only place you can find my book. It's called Is Being Single a Gift? Trusting God while unpacking hard truths on singleness. All right, excellent. So, uh, yeah, people, I hope people have a chance to check out your book. I really appreciate you joining us for this uh, podcast and uh, just for sharing what's been on your heart, what God has taught you through this journey. And, and uh, you know, thanks for putting your book out there to be an encouragement for people in their singleness. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. And uh, yeah. I'm so thankful that you guys even have this podcast. Wish yeah. I could have used this podcast as a tool when I was going through singleness. <laughs> it would have been super helpful for me. Awesome. That's good to hear. So, uh, yeah, everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, share this with a friend that you believe would gain from the value from this podcast. And in the meantime, be sure to get out there and seize the day maximize every chapter in your life we'll see you next episode thanks for listening to the thriving in singleness podcast look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts